Coming up on this week's show, Tammy Middleton is here to talk about Autism Awareness Month. Plus, Christina talks books for baseball season. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 131 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willknauss.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by listeners just like you. We will have more information on how you can help support the show in just a few moments. Welcome back. I hope you had a fantastic week. A week filled with wonderful reading, lots of great books. Uh, we are happy to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another week, another shoe. Indeed. Yes, that's what I listen for you to say on, the week, <laughs> on a weekly basis right there. Uh, some quick updates in, in writing land. Uh, I got back to writing Winger 4 this week. Uh, churned out some words. I'm really trying to heed the idea of what we've heard on a recent podcast, and I really don't remember whose, because we do listen to a few writer-centric podcasts, but to write at least a little bit every day. I should be able to find 20 minutes somewhere in my schedule every day, even if everything else goes amiss, to do a sprint of dictation. So that is my goal, to have unbroken days of words. We'll see how that goes. Uh, also over on uh, Winger 3, which we've talked about that I've been uh, working on edits on, mm -hmm. uh, I have you to thank for the book's title. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, it was originally titled uh, Pop Music, which nobody was particularly happy with. Yeah. Um, especially him. <laughs> uh, my senior editor said it made her think of that classic 1980-something uh song from M, mm. pop music, back yep. in the day. Uh, we tried some other titles, because I knew even when I turned it in that I wasn't thrilled, and you came up with Audio Assault, which is perfect, actually captures quite nicely some stuff that happens in the book, and uh, yeah, so it's officially title changed, and that's all because of you, so thank you for the title. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've mentioned recently that we're going to be at the LA Times Festival of Books, mm -hmm. which happens Saturday and Sunday, April 21 and 22, so just uh, a mere two weeks away, really. Uh, and that's taking place at the USC campus down in L.A. Uh, Dream Spinner is going to have a number of authors present. And th I, I like this lineup, and I'm kind of honored to be in this lineup. Uh, Andrew Gray, C.S. Poe, Rick Reed, uh, R.L. Merrill, Reese Ford, C.J. Elliott, Brewbreaker, and Casey Wells are all going to be there. They're all scheduled for signings over the course of the week. Dream Spinner is going to be in booth 141 if you're in the area. We're going to be doing uh, some signings as well. Uh, we're signing our hockey player's heart together, and I'll be doing a signing for the Codename Winger books. Uh, so kind of excited about that. That's going to be a good weekend. Uh, there's a couple other LGBT exhibitors out there. Uh, Interlude Press is going to be at 153, and the It Gets Better project is actually going to have a booth at number 733. So we'll have more on this a little bit next week as well, and uh, we're going to be doing some podcast stuff down there. So if you're in the area, stop by and say hello. You can get all the details on this at events.latimes.com slash festival of books, or just go to the show notes page, because we will have the link there as well. Uh, another quick note, 
Joyfully Jay's Paranormal Week is this week. Uh, you may remember she was here in episode 129 a couple weeks ago with a preview of this year's theme week, and it's here. Uh, it's running through Saturday, April 14th. There's going to be all kinds of posts covering all kinds of paranormal from vampires and werewolves and superheroes and all kinds of goodies. Uh, so check it out and get your chance to win some cool prizes, too, at JoyfullyJ.com through Saturday, April 14th. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. Indeed. If paranormal is your thing, you should be checking that out this week. Most definitely. We want to take a quick moment to uh, extend a very big thank you and welcome to our newest patrons, especially Danielle. She generously donated above the gold level. Yes, that was... it. It's always like, wow, you really like us a lot. <laughs> You're <laughs> donating above the high level, so thank you, Danielle. Yes, thanks, Danielle. Now, guys, remember, you can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For as little as 25 cents an episode, that is just $1 a month. Your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this very show. And for fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, just like Danielle, you'll have the exclusive <laughs> opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. Now, any month that our pledges cover our monthly production costs, we'll produce a special bonus episode, especially for our patrons. The April bonus is coming your way. We're going to be uh, shooting that, uh, I believe, next week. Next week, yes. And it'll come so, out on um, the 17th. If you have any questions, uh, go to the Patreon page and ask them, uh, and we will get you the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to find out how you can help support the show, all you have to do is go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Yes. Now, just yesterday, actually, uh, I had the chance to catch up with Christina from Christina's Bookshelf. She is a big baseball fan. Yes, she is. And uh, she has some books to talk about around baseball season, plus a kind of cool sounding interactive choose-your-own-adventure book. I'm pleased to welcome back Christina from Christina's Bookshelf to the podcast. Welcome back. It's good to see you. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Doing good. Thank you. Yourself? Wonderful. Excellent. I hear that we're going to celebrate springtime and baseball today. Yes, you can't have one without the other. America's pastime. Yes, you're showing off your Kansas City Royals shirt today. They're my babies, my boys in blue. So what have you got for the baseball fans out there to read? Um, The first book I have is an older book. I think I got it at the end of baseball season last year, and so I kind of saved it for the start of baseball season this year. And I saved it because um, it doesn't feature any baseball. Like, the main two characters aren't baseball players, but it's around baseball teams. And one of the teams is the Kansas City Royals. And I believe um, the book is Love by Number by DJ Jameson. Sorry, I'm reading my notes because my brain is too misfuddled right now. Um, And she is a Midwesterner, and I believe she's from around the Kansas City area. And she's created this, um, it's modern times, they're real teams, We have fictional characters, and it's kind of a fictional time because, granted, we're in the here and now. The book takes place during the World Series, and it's what we call the I-70 World Series because it's the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals. And obviously that hasn't happened since 1985 when we won then. Um, So it's, I don't know, it's really fun for me to read and be able to partake in because it's just that rivalry of, yeah. Yeah. 
but it's not with any players. It's with two individuals outside, but have this um, love of connection to the game. So I thought that was kind of fun, a different take. Because many times when I pick a baseball book, it's because it has to deal with a player. So um, one of the main characters is Aiden. And he has this huge obsession with like the statistics of baseball. So he goes and he sits there and he's one of those people that you see like with the scorecards and he's writing everything down. He's mathematical. He wants to try to predict what's going to happen with the players, you know, hits, runs, everything of that nature. He's not one of those that when something happens, he jumps up and he high fives everybody. He's not like me that, um, screams and yells and what the hell was that? And then cheers and I do the high fives and I talk to the strangers that I've never met and he sits there and he's in his own little space with his chair and he's just in the book he's um, described as borderline autistic in my review I talk about that a little bit I think that's misleading but it kind of shows how obsessed he is with this hobby. And then we have Jesse. He goes to all these games with his grandpa. His grandpa's been a season ticket holder for years. And he's just kind of laid back. He's not like there really for the game. He's there for his grandpa. And he's tried to hit on Aiden before, but Aiden's not like... He it's not like he didn't care that Jesse hit on him. He probably just didn't even know that Jesse was there hitting on him because he was so focused on what was in front of him. Mm-hmm. So Jesse has seen Aiden before. Aiden hasn't really paid much attention to Jesse before until one of them hits the other in the parking lot leaving a game. And it's the game that clinched the Royals into going to the World Series. And now Aiden's all frustrated on how is he going to get to St. Louis for the first game of the World Series when Jesse's grandpa says, Jesse can take you. And Jesse's just like, okay. And Aiden's like, "Mm, I don't know about this. So then you have this spectacular road trip between Aiden, who's like, we have a schedule. We have to leave at this time. We can make this stop here. And then we have to be at the hotel and check in at this time. And that gives us so many hours to be there early and we can do X, Y, and Z. And then you have Jesse who's like, well, it takes three to three and a half hours to get to St. Louis, and we have you know like eight hours before the game, so we can stop here and see this roadside attraction and this roadside attraction. <laughs> <laughs> so you have two different personalities that are going against each other, and I just they talk about the game of baseball. You have this love of the game of baseball. You have this road trip to the game. You have them at the game. You have this spectacular chemistry that brews between them. And then you have this great fallout by design because they are two different people. And you have Aiden who's completely obsessed with what he does with it. And it's just a hobby. And then you have Jesse who is laid back, but I feel like throughout the story, he's running from his full potential of what he could be. And he's just kind of afraid of failure. And so it's like oil and water in a sense, but at the same time, they do mix well together. So it was interesting to watch them try to not mix well, 
and try to be a part and fail. And watching Jesse kind of be pulled out of his lazy ways and then actually accomplish something and watching Aiden be pulled from being like completely obsessed to actually enjoying something. So I liked that this one focused on baseball and used baseball as like the story arc, I guess, as bringing these people together and using it as the background noise to help them become better people. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was fun. And, you know, the Kansas City Royals. Anytime that the Royals are in a book, I'm like, you sold me. So- Unless you're like, the Kansas City Royals are the worst baseball team ever. And then I'm like, excuse me, we have to talk about a few things here. You hear that, authors? You write a book about the Royals and, and the Royals come out looking good. Christina's going to be all over that. I <laughs> Just go ahead and send it over here. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to read it. I, yeah, I saw it last year and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and take this book. And then I was going to do it then. And I was like, no, I'm going to hold off on it and wait until the start of baseball season. And then book number two is a re-release. It's been re-released this year by Dream Center Press and it's called Bases Loaded by Sean and Michael. And I was just looking for another baseball book. So as soon as I read the blurb and noticed that it was uh, about a baseball player, I was like, sold. So there's four main characters in this book, which I thought was fantastic. And we get perspectives from all four main characters. So if you're one of those people that don't like books from multiple perspectives, just FYI, we have it in here. But there is a good, it's not like it just changes. There's uh, the brilliant, I don't know excellent spacing so you know that we're getting ready to flip points of view i hate books that flip it without giving me notification so just i don't know there you go brett is our baseball player and he is a veteran baseball player and he is on the verge of his last season when he gets an injury on his shoulder so he has surgery and he's gone through therapy and everything but it's just like not right and he's become this bitter man because he wants to retire, but he wants to do it like on his terms. He wants to get in that last season. So he's kind of become just, I don't know, I just call him just the bitter man. And then his partner, Benj. I love Benj. Like he is just this incredible person. And he stands my Brett through everything, but sometimes I feel like maybe he shouldn't have. Like he should have just been like, Brett, you're bitter and an ass and I'm going to go over there well the owners of the team say here's our last resort we're going to send you to this uh place that's like deep in the south it's kind of this hidden gem and they're going to do what they do and they've had like this record of getting people back to playing so brett's like i will do whatever you need me to do so they go to this place we have now we meet ralph who's like the physical therapist who's going to help him physically get better. And then you have Gene, who in the blurb is described as Ralph's Cajun lover. And he's also the cook. And he's going to kind of take care of, um, I don't want to say the his inside, but like food, soul, kind of stuff like that. I mean, he's going to have like um, a mental therapist and things of that nature too. But Gene's just kind of, an all-around kind of guy. 
this is when things kind of get more tricky is because Brett goes down there and he says, yeah, I'll do whatever I have to do. But once he gets down there, he'd be kind of becomes like an ass. Like he's just very stubborn and now he's bitter. And Gene says, we need to do this, this, and this. And Brett's just kind of like, no, I've never done that. So I'm not going to do it now. And then you have Benj who's like, wants him to get better and wants to be on his side. But he also kind of sees like Gene and Ralph's point of view. So then he's kind of stuck in the crosshairs of what do we do here? And as I'm starting to... At first, I got Brett, and I was like, okay, I can understand this guy. I get why he's bitter. I get why he's angry, why all this stuff's happening. And then I started to kind of just, like, hate him. Like, this person sucks so much. And then we have this huge twist. Like, Sean just brought a whole different story of something that happens. And then we kind of get to see, like, Benj and Brett just character traits switch and from there, it was really interesting to see how the story maneuvered forward because Brett constantly kept saying, Benj is stronger than you guys see him because Ralph and Jean kept saying, you know, Benj is this sweet little innocent man. And Brett kept saying, he's stronger than that. He's stronger than that. And they just kept thinking, you know, and Benj is kind of portrayed as this weakling throughout. And then we finally get to see the Benj that Brett's talking about. So... I don't know. It was like, at points I hated Brett and at points I understood Brett. So it was up in the air on, um, it was a love hate relationship that went on throughout the book, but I understood him a good chunk of the time. It was, it was interesting. Okay. I'm intrigued, especially by the, the four different points of view. Cause that's, I haven't seen that in romance that I've read. Usually, I mean, you might get the points of view of the two people who are forming the relationship. But yeah. to do four here uh, sounds kind of fun because I don't mind multiple point of views. I love multiple point of views because then when you build the story, you get, I don't know, the more point of views I feel like the more intricate I can build and the more elaborate the story gets and the more detailed oriented I can make. Mm in my mind and then I can actually picture it. And so you get all this stuff going on and it's, I don't know, it wasn't overwhelming. It was beautiful. Um, hot sex in both the books <laughs> and you get to see, um, I mean, you get hot sex with Brett and Benj, you get it with Jean and Ralph. Um, there was one time when I thought there was going to be like this great erotic foursome that was happening. Um, spoiler alert, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Just in case, you know. But it was still, it was still good. And I liked that uh, Brett was kind of pulled his head out of his ass and got to see the bigger picture. And Benj got to be seen as the strong character that he actually is. So. Nice. Now, I know for your third book, you're going to take us down a completely different path because you've done a choose-your-own-adventure book. Yes. For my third book, we are going to talk about Campus Life by T.C. Orton. Um, I grew up... Okay, this is so weird. When I grew up, uh, it was a fundamentalist church household. So really, unless it was presented to me by the church or my school, I didn't read it. So like, there's a lot of classics that people talk about. 
uh, like Jane Eyre Harleton. I didn't get to read her unless it was provided by the school and it was never provided by the school. Uh, very few Shakespeare things do I know about stuff like that. The thing that my parents did let me read were choose your own adventure books. Like, I don't even know how that was something that I could do. Cause I always ended up being like kidnapped or murdered because I was always so like, I'm going to pick the most crazy path that it's going to let me pick. And then I would always end up being like imprisoned, kidnapped or murdered. This is what would happen. So when T.C. Orton's like, I'm making a choose your adventure book. I'm like, oh yes, I'm going to like live my childhood again. This is going to be great. This one, um, it really is just choose your own adventure. You don't have to remember anything, a path that you chose before. It's not if you have this item, then you can go down this path. It's you are Joe, Joe Schmo. I don't remember the last name. And you have just transferred to this campus. And you have a roommate named Zach. And here's your life. And from there, you are put in this situation. And you have to make choices. And you will choose your choice and you will go on with your day and then you're given more choices. And so you're constantly sucked down these rabbit holes. And when you think you've gotten to the end and you go back and you're like, okay, now I'm going to choose this choice and see where I go. Well, then you're presented with different choices and different choices. I have been reading this book for about two weeks now in between other books. And I have still not met, I think, two characters. I keep finding my way to the hot British professor me and him have boned, like, I don't know how many times. Um, I just recently met Kai, the shy nerd who I am absolutely in love with. So, I mean, I've had different experiences with this book, and I've met different people, and I've said no to certain things and yes to certain things. But it's been so <laughs> It's been fun. It's been stressful because I'll think, oh, my gosh, do I want to help this person or do I just want to be selfish and go down this path? And I feel bad when I choose. Like, I just want to be selfish because I'm like, I could have helped this person. Like, now they're in book landy and not being helped. And I feel horrible. But I got boned by the hot British professor again. And that was nice. You know, like, oh, well, Sorry. So I've had so much fun and it's one of those that you can pick up and you don't have to sit there and go through all these things at the same time. Like I said, I've been, I've had it for like a couple weeks now and I'll read a book and I'll pick up campus life again and I'll go down a couple different pathways and then I'll put it down, pick up another book, read it, get done, make some notes, kind of stew about what I've been reading, pick up campus life go about it, try to get another journey that doesn't lead me to the professor. But I think I am just drawn and have the hots for him. And, you know, so it's just, if you're in the car, you have a quick trip, or if you just have like an hour or two to yourself or whatever, it's so fun. And TC Orton is hilarious. If you follow him on Facebook or anything, you, he just, he brings his persona from Facebook into campus life and you get to see him and he brings in people that like he follows, you get to see his love of other authors and just other people in the story. 
and you get to see his actual nerddom, him himself. And I thought that that was beautiful. His tribute to other people, I thought was wonderful. And I almost cried at one point in time because of his love for somebody that I have a huge love for also. And I was just like, oh, it's so sweet. So, I mean, it's fun and I laugh. I mean, you're turned on and it's, re- it's in a sense, it's real to me. I, I can just see the, the realism in it. And um, at the end of the day, I think it's just a great de-stressor. Get home from work, read a little bit of Campus Live, choose your own adventure. It's fun to have the choice. You know, like when you're reading, I do this. When I'm reading a book, I'll sometimes sideline, like stop what I'm reading and kind of come up with my own story. Like if it doesn't quite go how I would want it to go right then and there, like I'll come up with my own side story. So it's fun to have the choose your own adventure because granted it's written, but you got to choose that path. Interesting. I think I'm about to check that out because I have it like you. I mean, I I had choose your own adventures when I grew up too. And I love those because there was so many different pathways to choose. And so I'll have to check out the, uh, the gay romance version of the choose your own adventure. Oh yeah. It's so much fun. Because they were always, you can either play it safe or you could be like rambunctious, you know, like, do I want to be the damsel in distress or do I want to be a mercenary? And of course I was like, I want to be the mercenary (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now it's like, do you want to be this or do you want to go bone the professor? And I'm just like, bone the professor. (laughs) And I didn't die, which was like the epic bonus. I would hope that in the gay romance version of the Choose Your Own Adventure, there's not the death <laughs> path. <laughs> no, nope. didn't die. Just had multiple orgasms and here to tell the tale. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Christina, thank you so much for sharing three of uh, your book recommendations. And uh, we certainly look forward to seeing you again in a few weeks. Yes, I will certainly be here. In the Hockey Player's Heart, the feel-good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knaus, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a great school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the school teacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before, and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get the hockey player's heart at dreamspinnerpress.com Amazon.com, and other online book retailers. So, time to review some books of our own. I believe uh, you have continued to read some stuff from Jason and Ed Gaffney. Mm-hmm. I have been on a bit of a novella kick. Uh, for some reason, I have been... I think because, well, primarily because of the move and all this time spent packing and unpacking, I feel like I've been behind on my reading, Um, but 
uh, all I had to do is take a look at the book list of what I've read so far in 2018, and I'm like totally on track. Um, it's just, you know, one of those things, you know, perception isn't always matching uh, what reality is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, I am on track and I have been uh, reading a ton of novellas because I want something fast and something fun and something I know that I'm going to enjoy. And of course, I did enjoy uh, the second book in Jason and Ed's California comedy series. It's called A Match for Mike. And this story involves Mike, uh, the main character. He is an attorney in L.A., and he has been named the uh, executor of a rundown estate. Um, it's actually the estate of a woman he knew uh, in this small mountain resort town uh, where he used to spend his summers with his family. So he has to haul his ass all the way up into the middle of nowhere uh, to take care of the house and find um, the long-lost relative who uh, has inherited uh, the property. Um, it isn't readily available. Uh, 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 not available, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's not uh, readily apparent uh, who who's inherited uh, the estate. So he goes up there to f work things out, and he runs into an old friend, uh, Jeremy. Uh, he is the local handyman in this small mountain town. Uh, and as the subtitle of the series uh, states, they, they run, there's a really hilarious sort of comedy of errors sequence in which they run into each other. Both of them are buck naked. Uh, it's totally hilarious. Uh, very, very funny. <laughs> so, um, Jeremy and Mike haven't talked to each other in like almost a decade. Um, uh, many summers ago, um, uh, another boy like came between them. They, uh, Jeremy and Mike had been friends. They'd spent uh, their summers together almost their entire childhood. But uh, unfortunately, through a horrible misunderstanding, things kind of went belly up, and they haven't talked to each other in a very, very long time. And uh, while Mike is trying to find uh, who now owns this estate, they need to kind of fix it up because it's kind of falling apart. Uh, there are also several funny scenes um, uh, and wacky shenanigans and falling in this dilapidated old Victorian and their attempts to fix it. So while they're fixing the house and getting to know one another, um, they are essentially learning to trust one another again. And they're coming to understand that that magic that they had together all those years ago hasn't really gone away. They end up sleeping together. Uh, but through some more misunderstandings, they find that they're kind of stuck in the friend zone. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mike eventually finds out that the person who has inherited this house was the guy that came between, between them all those years ago. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> but eventually they work things out and they realize that, yes, the magic is still there and they do need to stay together. Uh, I really enjoyed A Match for Mike. I highly recommend. I recommend all of the books in this uh, novella series, uh, but I really enjoyed A Match for Mike. Yeah, I'm going to have to catch up on these. Uh, hearing your reviews makes me want to read those two books. And of course, we both equally loved uh, the one that we read, uh, Fixing Frank, mm -hmm. uh, back when we had them on the show. Um, I picked up, we're actually having lawyer 
week here, apparently, on the show. Uh, because this week I read uh, Shira Anthony's uh, Swan's Revenge, which is Dreamspun Desire's book number 51. Uh, this also has attorneys at the forefront. Uh, we initially, in the prologue, uh, meet Bang Geek, Jimmy Zebulon, um, and he is, he's bullied at school. Uh, the, the jocks don't treat him well at all. And uh, unfortunately, one of his, uh, high, his high school crush is football star Danny, who simply kind of looks on and lets all this bullying happen. Um, we jump forward 15 years uh, after the prologue. Uh, Jimmy has adopted his middle name now and uh, also his stepfather's last name and become attorney J. Graham Swan. And he ends up and meets Dan at a triathlon. He doesn't realize who Dan is. Dan doesn't know who he is. But they meet. They almost have a connection. But Dan is called away uh, because of a phone call from who Graham believes is perhaps his wife or his girlfriend. Uh, but just a short time later, Dan shows up in uh, Graham's law office, having come on to be a new associate there. Uh, and when Dan sees the last name and hears who he is, he knows immediately now who Dan is uh, from his past. Um, as these two kind of get into the mix of now working together, um, Graham sees that Dan has, you know, certainly grown up, um, certainly has become a very good attorney. And it's revealed that uh, the phone call was actually from his young daughter, Lacey. Um, he's a, Dan is now a single father because his uh, husband uh, passed away from a heart attack a few years before, and he's been raising Lacey on his own and has come to this law firm in, uh, in I believe it's in Raleigh, um, which of course isn't a surprise because that's where she lives, so she writes kind of in the town that she's in, um, and has come there to be able to raise her better, closer to his family, and closer to work so he doesn't have as much of a commute and such. And as this all comes out, you know, Graham is still trying to piece together um, how he feels about Dan. And as they work together and get closer, um, the whole the scenes between the two of them coming together, both professionally and romantically, are handled oh so well. Lacey, of course, plays the, the cute kid and uh, also draws them closer together because she immediately uh, warms to Graham and Graham takes to her as well. Um, and I really love what Shira has done, how she builds them on this personal and professional level. Um, you don't get that a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, in these books where they're actually working together. There's usually like they both have their work and then they do stuff separately. But these two are now together a lot and trying to make it work. Graham is trying to figure out if he wants to come clean on who he is. Um, and that ultimately, of course, uh, kind of blows up in their face because he held on to that just a little bit too long. Um, I love Shira's um, characterizations here. Uh, the, the, the scenes are so sweet. There's even the, the angst here because it is a dream spun desire is a little bit on the low on the low burn side. Um, 
I loved it. I loved it to pieces, and I'm not doing it justice, even though I I, I tried to to pull my thoughts together for this book, uh, and particularly the end uh, just melted my heart to pieces. And uh, I wouldn't mind if she does something to make this into a series, so that we can kind of check in on these folks again later as we look at other people, perhaps in their universe. Cool. Um, so I really liked it. Swan's Revenge by Shira Anthony, uh, New Dreamspun Desire. I love I love Shira to Pieces, and I can't wait to read this particular book. You're going to love it, and I look forward to your review, because you will do it more justice than I just did. Uh, I'll, um, I'll probably have to give it a listen when it comes out on audiobook. Well, actually, I did the audio, so you can check that right out. Fantastic. Speaking yes. of audiobooks, you listened to our book, The Hockey Player's Heart. I did. Um, I, picked, I, I said last week I was going to do it, and I did it. Uh, Finn Sterling did a great job. Uh, I love how he gave life to Caleb and Aaron. Uh, he had me hooked from really the, in the first two chapters as he took them from their teenage selves in the epilogue and how prologue. he thank you prologue <laughs> in the prologue uh, and he and how he adjusted their voices for their adult selves. Uh, he hits the emotional arc for these characters so well um he does their sexy bits with a lot of passion <laughs> he just said sexy bits i did <laughs> um, <laughs> he captures um their especially aaron's hesitation to get into the relationship really well so yeah obviously i'm not going to review the book because that's weird but i will say that i loved finn's audio performance and that he he did good by our characters uh, as far as I'm concerned, and how he brought it to life in the audio. So yeah, check that out. We did give one away last week, so next week we'll tell you who won uh, the giveaway for the audiobook as well. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Finn, for making us sound good. Yes, and we will actually be having Finn on the show in May to talk about Hockey Player's Heart and his other books, because he's done a fair number of um, audiobooks in the gay romance genre. Cool. So look forward to that. Uh, Easter was last week. And on Sunday, April 1st, NBC aired uh, the live concert presentation of Jesus Christ Superstar with John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, uh, Alice Cooper, and Brandon Victor Dixon in the lead roles. I loved it to pieces. Um, it was a really great uh, presentation. I've seen uh, JCS on stage two previous times and, of course, have seen the 1970-something movie as well, and I will say that this is the the best JCS I've seen uh, presented. Uh, formerly, I my favorite presentation was one that was actually done at a community theater up where we used to live. Uh, that was a great uh, production of it. The Broadway 2000 production I thought was weird and strange, and I kind of hated it. And I've always been kind of meh on the movie. Uh, here, I thought John Legend sang the part of Jesus so perfectly. Um, Sarah Bareilles was awesome as Mary Magdalene. Uh, but Brandon and Victor Dixon, I think, stole the show as Judas. Um, he was a powerful singer, very passionate. Um, as he as he broke down towards the end, as he betrayed Jesus, I, I thought everything about that was good. And the, the concert staging and keeping the music to its true rock and roll um, roots I thought just did it all the better. Your thoughts, sir? Have we ever told the story of how we know Sarah Bareilles? I believe that we've had it. I think we talked about it somewhere in the past. We do, yes. I think we talked about it back when we saw Waitress. 
uh, last year, um, or two years ago, actually. Um, we do know Sarah. We've both been on stage with Sarah when she was back in high school, up living in Humboldt County in Eureka. Uh, you did Charlotte's Web with her back in the day, um, where I first met you, actually, mm-hmm. in that cast. And uh, I was on stage with her in The Mystery of Edwin Drood. And we saw her in other productions. So, yeah, we do have a history with Sarah Barella. She also sang at our commitment ceremony alongside of her sister back in 1995, uh, seven, seven, 97. So back to the original question, what did you think of JCS? Uh, I loved it. I agree with uh, everyone who's pretty much seen it and loved it to pieces. I think this is uh, superlative and quite possibly uh, the current definitive production. It's uh, pretty wonderful. Um, I, I think um, there was a, a wonderfully cute uh, commercial that NBC did before uh, the concert aired. It was sort of uh, produced as a celebration of Andrew Lloyd Webber, but it was really uh, essentially an hour-long commercial for the upcoming production. Anyway, they talked to all the different cast members and what goes into making a production of this size, and um, I, Andrew himself has said that um, since Jesus Christ Superstar was originally uh, produced as a concept album, uh, back in the days when uh, rock operas were de rigueur, um, <laughs> that it's always been a particularly difficult production to mount, especially in a theatrical setting. And uh, he he's he's admitted that some of them haven't been you know particularly awesome. Uh, and but he was uh, greatly pleased with how this production came together, and uh, so was I. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, and you're right, Brandon Victor Dixon uh, was a revelation. Um, mm-hmm. We've uh, had the pleasure of seeing him on stage before on Broadway. Uh, he does not disappoint. Uh, if you haven't seen JCS, uh, I'm sure it's probably on NBC On Demand at the moment. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it will come out. On DVD very very soon. Uh, certainly, the new uh, uh, our cast recording uh, is now currently uh, available for download. Want to hang out with us between shows? Check us out on Facebook. You never know what we might post: news about book sales, bonus video content, and maybe even a live broadcast or two. Like us today at facebook.com slash biggayfictionpodcast and see what we get up to next. So on last week's show, we had mentioned that Tammy Middleton's Autism Awareness Month auction had kicked off and I had the opportunity to catch up with her this week to talk a little bit more about that as well as her new book, Lover. I'm pleased to welcome back Tammy Middleton to the podcast. Tammy writes under the name T.M. Smith. She's an avid reader, reviewer, and writer. Most days she can be found curled up with a good book or ticking away on her next novel. She is the single mom of three disturbingly outspoken and decidedly different kids, one of whom is autistic. Tammy's annual Autism Awareness Month auction kicked off on April 1st. Welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. It has. Thank you for having me again. I'm very excited to have you back to talk about uh, this important month for Autism Awareness Month. And I know it's a... It's a month that's very near and dear to your heart. Um, tell us about the auction and, and why this is so important to you. 
Um, I started doing the auction in 2013. I think this is the sixth year that I'm going to be doing it. And I set it up because I have a child on the spectrum. And just having to deal with the financial aspect of things sometimes was very trying. Uh, so I set it up and the two sites that are that are donated to one is for research and awareness and the other one actually helps to fund families sometimes you know if they need counseling or anything like that uh, doctor's visits that they can't always afford those kind of things so um, one of them actually I did get an email because the autism auction and I always have emails going to them this time of year where they're now providing hearing and speech therapy so that was quite exciting. And one of the um, one of the sites that I include in the donations, you can actually make the donation in someone's name and it come and the name is printed in the newsletter if that's if that's something that's important to anyone. That's so. excellent. That's really excellent. I like that little extra bonus that you can do it in someone's name. Yes. Because um, I always end up bidding on some stuff too, so I always the, the reason I do it, my son Christopher, I always put it in his name, so <laughs> I love that you bid on things in your own auction because that's just, that just gives you an, everybody an idea of how awesome the scope is of the yes. items that are available. Yes, there's some good um, author item, author only items like um, Enticing Journey has donated three different tours. Um, RBTL, I believe, has donated a tour, um, and there's something. Oh, Love Bites has donated advertising and. Um, Lisa, with a novel approach, did something different this year. Instead of donating advertising, she's donating gift cards for um, Dream Spinner or Amazon. The whoever wins will get their choice. So, but there are some um, author-only items in there, and that's always fun to have that stuff in there mm -hmm. to support the authors as well. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's kind of cool when readers gift authors things through the auction. Yes, that happened last year. It yeah. did. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, do you want to give us the specific names of the organizations that this benefits so that folks can also know if they want to donate even outside of the auction? Yes. Um, so it's the Autism Society of America is one of them. And then the other one is uh, U.S. Autism and Asperger's Association. Uh, so the Autism Society of America is credit cards only and I believe that is the one that is now donating some of the funds for hearing and um, speech therapy and then the Autism and Asperger's Association you can do credit card or PayPal because some people want to do PayPal. Very good. So I've, I've taken a little preview of, of some of the auction items and it's a vast yeah. list this year. Uh, yes. It looks like it's more it possibly more than last year. Cause I felt like last year's was pretty sizable. Yeah, it might be more. It might be about the same or more. Um, yeah. So I was, um, a featured author at coastal magic this year. And so I got to visit with Amy Lane and Mary and, um, Poppy and Damon Swade. And they all sent me home with books for the auction. So, but, um, and, and then a, a couple of them actually went on and donated some more as well. So excellent. It's always nice to see people, uh, so generous for this event. Any yes. particular items you'd like to highlight this year that have caught your eye as particularly outstanding? 
Oh yeah, I'm loving the gift cards, and there's some good swag baskets in there. Um, Charlie Cochet's new series, uh, I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but she's donating like a big messenger bag, and it's going to have all kinds of stuff in it. And, and a hoodie. There's a hoodie yes. in that, too, and I'm like, I yes, saw that, I'm like, I may need that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, um, the, the ladies would be more interested in this than the guys, but, um, a couple of LuLaRoe retailers are donating Lula cash for their shops. So that might get some good bids for people who don't know what that is like me. And you mentioned this was more for the ladies, but what is that? Yeah. <laughs> LuLaRoe is women's fashion. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all sizes and styles and it's, it's specifically, it was started for more large women and plus size women, for them to have clothing that fit and that was comfortable and affordable. So, and now they go, you know, like from zero all the way up to four X. So, um, yeah, I have a closet full of it. I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned this was your sixth year. How yes. much money have you raised so far? And what's your goal for this year? Um, I've, it's raised over $10,000. But you, know, you got to think the first year that I did this, it only raised like $300. Every year it climbs a little bit more. Last year was over, the last two years were over, over 3000 So yeah, I want to at least surpass the, hit the $3,000 mark again. That would be great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hear that everybody, go bid. Let's get this over $3,000. Yes. How do people find the items to bid on and how do they bid? Uh, so it's an album on the Facebook blog page, which if you go to Facebook, it is um, TTC Books and More. Um, on the blog, www.ttcbooksandmore.com, you can go there, and at the top there is um, the autism auction, and you can click on that, and then there will be several times throughout the list that you can look through and see what's being donated, there'll be click here to view and bid and it'll take you to the album on Facebook and you view and bid there as last year, there'll be author only items and then there are, um, bidding items and then there's flat bid where, so that everybody has a chance at winning. Mm -hmm. So there'll be items that it's just a $10 flat bid and it'll basically be, um, drawing a name from a hat. So, that one is sort of like a silent auction. Somebody will just get drawn to win that one. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. cool. So, we'll, and we'll definitely be linking up to both the album and the blog posts so that people can find their way over to those areas. Switching over to your, putting on your author hat, uh, you've got yeah. a new book coming out this month called yes. Lover. Um, yeah. Tell us all about that. Lover is the sequel to Survivor, which came out last year in September, and it was a May-December romance, um, sort of working my love for crime shows like Criminal Minds and then the true story, working that into a book series. So it had like the murder mystery behind it, and it was a May-December romance, and it, that one was really successful, it, probably my best-selling book to date. Everybody really liked the mystery and the age gap and the setting. So, um, lover is the sequel to it. And the three, it's a menage. So three guys and the, you, you actually met them in the first book. So it's Shannon Rand and Rory's story. Awesome. And it's coming out, coming out. It'll be out by April the 19th. So the blog tour starts on the 19th. Um, and, uh, I'll probably send you the links for that. So maybe you can drop it in that week because 
it's going to be really fun. Like when I did the Survivor blog tour, um, there's things that you mention in the books. And so I made like a big basket of different things that I mentioned in that book. And I'll do the same with this one. So there'll be really fun stuff in there, like a Kindle and maybe candles and um, or bookends, stuff like that, that relate to the story. Oh, that's a lot of fun. It is. Readers seem to like that. I mean, you, you get to a point where it's like, okay, okay, yeah, she's having another blog tour and giving away another gift card. <laughs> so you have to get creative. And sometimes I will, like, find something online that I like, and it kind of could fit my story. A T-shirt, a bracelet, a hat, something. And I'll write that into the story so that I can buy that and give it away. <laughs> oh, I like that. Just write it in almost like a product placement of a sort. <laughs> yep. As long as you give them copyright, you're good to go. That's right. <laughs> you mentioned your love of crime stories is a little bit of an inspiration for the book. Uh, what else kind of fueled your imagination for Lover? Uh, the, I, I love a good menage. I love working throuples. I've written a couple of uh, other books in the Alcock series that were menage as well. It's very intriguing to me when three, whether it be three men, three women, or a combination of all of the above, when more than two people in a relationship can get together and make a working relationship that continues to thrive and evolve and grow. Because love should be multiplied, multiplied, not divided. <laughs> That's a nice tagline. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not using it, you should be. <laughs> I do. I do for the menage books. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, yeah, I've read some really incredible menage books over time and it's 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 nice to see them you know get written and get out there and be successful yeah it, it's a it's a hard balance you know because you have to make it believable you can't just throw them together so sometimes it's it's hard to get the stories written right but if you if you get it written right and pass it to the reader believable enjoyable they, they love them they really do what else is coming up for you this year? Uh, more in this series, perhaps? Yes, it's going to be a trilogy. The final book, Fighter, will be out at the end of the year. And again, the characters... I actually, Well, actually, I can't tell you who the two characters in that one are because one is a spoiler. So Fair enough. We don't but, want spoilers. <laughs> yeah, and um, for the Alcox fans, uh, the eighth book will be out sometime this year, and that is going to be Tommy and Jacob's story. And, oh, I'm so excited. Reese Dante is actually working on the cover right now for an Angel trilogy that I'm going to do. You may remember when we had to redo the one call that time I was sick and I, we talked on the phone. I talked about the Angel trilogy mm -hmm. that I wanted to write. And I've just, I've been doing some research here and there and stockpiling and making a notebook. And finally, I've got it to where I can start working on at least the first book and a couple of years ago at GRL, I was telling Reese about it, and she was like, so I'm going to do these covers, right? <laughs> so, and yeah, but she was the one I wanted because she does amazing things with wings, if you've seen some of the things that she's done over the years. So, um, yeah, that book will be out next. That'll be the one that I start working on next after Lover, so that'll be out this summer sometime. So, several books in the works, and I'm sure Lover will be Nick. Nick J. Russo will carry the uh, torch for that one as well and put that one on Audible. Probably be sometime in the summer. Cool. And you're going to be 
out and about a lot too. I know you're going to GRL again after yep. after abandoning GRL, if you will, to go to Europe and have a nice time over there last year. Yes, that was a blast. That was a trip of a lifetime. <laughs> but you'll be joining us in Portsmouth. Um, any place else we can find you out, out and about? Yes, in May, I will be in San Antonio for Wanderlust um, on the Riverwalk at the historic Manger Hotel. It'll be May 5th, I believe is the uh, exact date. And then um, GRL, of course. But uh, there's a local book group, um, like a reading group uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they're called Fresh Fiction. And they put on a couple of signings in June and in November. June is called Boas and Tiaras, and uh, November is Readers and Readers. And Damon Swade used to go to that one, but he and I talked about it at Coastal, because I guess RWA meets every year the same week mm. of Readers and Readers. He he's, hasn't been able to attend in a while, so... Um, but yeah, I'll be doing both of those. So doing doing a lot close to home. It's hard for me to pass one up if it's local. Sure. You know, I don't have to pay for a hotel. I don't have to pay for shipping. You know, it's all it's it's just a much more cost effective and and easy. So when there's stuff close to home, I definitely do those. What's the best way to uh, keep up with you online if we can't come see you in person? Um, my website, authortmsmith.com. And all of the links to everything is on there. But I'm also on Facebook, Author T.M. Smith. And Alcox has its own page. And I have a group, which is very aptly named Alcox Groupies. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be a groupie. <laughs> and then Twitter is um, TTC Books and More. So, yeah. I actually have my first book trailer on YouTube now. I have a YouTube channel, T.M. Oh. Smith. And Nick Russo did a uh, book audio book trailer for Survivors, so you can go over and follow me on YouTube and watch that. Yeah, it's... we will link up to all of those things uh, yes. in the show notes, and of course the auction as well. Yes, I'm very excited about the auction. Everybody, come and bid at the auction. Absolutely. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes, and we look forward to seeing you uh, in Virginia in October. As always, it's a genuine pleasure to have Tammy on the show. Yes, absolutely. Well, I quickly mention the two items that we have up in the Autism Awareness Month auction. You can get a signed copy of The Hockey Player's Heart from the two of us, plus I'm offering up signed paperbacks of the first two books in the Codename Winger series. Uh, we'll have links to the show notes where you can go check those out alongside all the rest of the auction items. Fantastic. Now, I think that'll do it for this week. Coming yes. up in episode 132, Mary Calmay joins us to talk about Twisted and Tied, the latest book in her Marshalls series. Yes, looking very forward to that. Yeah. So, guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, guys, keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.